Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Welcome everyone to Enlightened Conversations. I'm your host, Tammy Pike, and today I have the special guest, Leah Kearns. And welcome, Leah, to Enlightened Conversations. Thank you, Tammy. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and being part of a movement that is about enlightening and connecting with like-minded beings. So It's so- fabulous to be here, honestly. <laughs> So excited. Cool. So Leah is an intuitive visionary um, building the future of business, healthcare and education. She facilitates this as a biz mentor and life guide teaching spiritual systems and strategies for biz and helping healers, practitioners and service providers to build their biz from the inside out, connecting them with their ideal clients. The core of her biz is soul strategy to help people connect and grow through their intuition through their bids. Lee's gift is to see the full potentiality of your highest possible reality and connect you right to the heart of what your immediate need is. To do this, she draws on her 14 years corporate strategy experience, combining with her spiritual teacher experience through channeling mediumships and futurist collective consciousness challenging, channeling. I'll get it right in a minute. Leah offers profound peer group experience, biz and life mastery, one-on-one session series, and a range of two-day high vibration urban retreats. Wow, that just sounds divine. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a um, steady body of work that's been growing over the last two years, really. Yeah, wow. So what you're doing is actually quite, um, you know, business, healthcare, and education. You know, it's just not... Um, I'm not going to say normal because there's no normal spiritual way of doing anything, but the, the areas that you're focusing on are quite um, still in a lot of the normal, you know, headspace. So how did you come to being able to do what you do um, with your business and where you're at? Yeah, I guess um, for me, Tammy, it really started because I was um, had adrenal fatigue for the third time in three years basically and I was consulting globally with a client on new revenue streams creating revenue out of nothing and so that was quite a stressful um, position to have and uh, you know working 60 hours a week and all the rest of it that usually goes along with corporate it's not just a nine-to-five and so I was basically in the state where I had a bit of a breakdown one afternoon on a Sunday afternoon, just really didn't want to have to go back to work the next day. And um, to me, this was like a desperate cry from my soul. It felt it was coming through and feeling like situational depression, Mm. right? So when I was in that situation, it was creating the depression of these feelings of feeling low, feeling not worth enough. Um, Although, you know, I had this seemingly fantastic, successful peak of my career job that I was doing um, and all the associated trappings, the money, the travel, the everything else that was going with it, it just really felt like something was wrong. Um, And so it was this sort of knock on the door from my soul one afternoon on a Sunday afternoon to tell me that there's just something not right here. So that's kind of where it started from. And then I bumped into um, 
I went in for an appointment to see my Chinese medicine practitioner. And she said to me, oh, I'd really like to work with you. And I was like, yeah, great. We can do some strategy stuff. Easy. And she's like, no, all of it. And I was like, oh, hang on. Yeah, maybe there's something in that. Um, because after that repression of my soul was realised, um, I just basically put myself into retreating my apartment for six months and kind of kicked around and wondered what it was, got really quiet and started to listen to the fact that I had intuition and that everybody has intuition. I did a brief short course on it. And by the end of that, I was like, hang on, we've been missing something. And the fact that all the work that I used to do, a lot of futurist trend work and um, like really digging into the depths of where humanity were going and what society was creating and the constructs of business and the constructs of families and socialism and situations. And it really just came to a place where I realised that this is, I'd already been pulling this through when I was doing the work that I had been doing in corporate. So all of a sudden this, um, this way of linking these two worlds was born. And I guess that's just continued to extend out into the other areas of, you know, what would be traditional construct societal systems of business and healthcare and um, education and seeing them as separate. But actually there's a huge crossover that goes from one to the other. Um, if we get quiet enough and we listen to what that is. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So, I guess the question is then, so you know you have intuition and you've used that in, you know, creating the business that you're doing, but how did you, for those six months, you know, really trust that this was something you could actually, you know, create as a sustainable business or something that the world is needing? You know, how did you trust those, those feelings to start with and, yeah, to, sure. you know, create something from that? Yeah. So I guess um, there's a few places, a few key things that happened, right? One was that uh, because I was no longer on a project that had a finite definitive timeline of a big launch that I had to do, which was supposed to be October of 2015. So I gave notice to my corporate client in April of 2015. And by October, um, I was supposed to have been delivering a new project. And what that did then was open up this big gap in time. So all of a sudden, I didn't have this massive looming deadline anymore. So my husband and I booked a trip um, to Central America. And so being in the energy of vacation, of holidays, of being able to relax and really be where you are. And I also found that Latin America, the key thing was that time didn't really matter mm. to the people. It's there, don't get me wrong, but you go out on the road to try and catch a bus somewhere you've got a 50-50 chance of it actually turning up on time, right? Because it, it's, not, it's not driving their entire existence. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we found in other areas in the world too that exists like that. Um, so I guess in the beginning it was following these little nudges to know there were things that I needed to experience. And so one of them was having time out, like complete stopping and for me, who's like A-type personality, go, go, do, 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 project manager, general manager, consultant, like I found that extremely, extremely difficult. But my body was the one who was giving me the most symptoms, mm. right? Adrenal fatigue, depression, anxiety. 
Um, I had endmet I still have endometriosis, which is a very controlling in terms of responsibility, mm -hmm. uh, metaphysical disease. But it was really about following these little nudges and really listening to that information as it started to come in because that's all intuition is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's energy is information. So starting to listen to, um, you know, book this appointment and go and see this person mm -hmm. or sit in the park or get up and do some yoga or get up and just have a cup of tea. You know, whatever the little nudge was for me, it was starting to follow those things in incremental um, awareness, I guess. And slowly, slowly, I learned to trust where it was taking me because the thing is, I didn't know the outcome. And it was only through retrospection that I was able to see why and able to understand why that series of events was actually taking me to a particular experience right it's not about destination mm -hmm. as you know it's it's about that embracing what the journey is and I, and you know that gets so overused particularly in spiritual sense but when you're actually really in it and you're actually really following these small incremental things um that was how I learned to trust and realistically it wasn't really much other training that I've done in terms of spirituality since then. It's all been in connecting inwards and connecting to my guides, my team, the people that are, well, I say people, sorry, the beings, the <laughs> refracted energy that is me, right? That's representative of me, but it can see the bigger picture, the larger situation about what's really going on and so if i'm listening to that and that's coming in is intuition just those little nudges then following those is really the key thing that got me to pay attention and got me to understand that there was more to what was going on than what i could cerebrally or intellectually construct yeah wow that's amazing and you you did say and it really jumped out at me the time factor because like you you know so many of us especially in today's society it's so fast paced isn't it yeah. and people who are wanting to start to connect to the intuition it's e it's easy but it's hard because it is slowing down it is taking that time and creating it as a sacred ritual to start with you know on um being conscious of that connection and always asking for that connection and listening and listening means quietening and stillness and you know in whatever forms maybe it's even not in stillness as such of sitting and meditating but also like a walking meditation or mindfulness or something like that but really it's about stilling this so we can receive whichever way that we receive isn't it yeah that's it and to me it's really um there's, there's states of mind, right? There's states of being, and that's actually to do with brainwave states. So it's a very chemical-based process that's happening in the mind when all of that's going on, right? Mm -hmm. And there's really only four main states of being. And the first one is um, the monkey mind, right? When you've got all the chatter going on, you've got the self-criticism, you've got the judgment, you've got the scheduling of everything else that's in the day, all that kind of stuff. And that's the beta mind. And so that's a really, actually a really fast brainwave frequency when you look at it on the chart. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, that's your massive doing space, right? But it's productive sometimes, but it doesn't, it's not 
a place to live. It's not a place to hang out only in that one state, right? None of the brainwave states actually are. And it, and it is about the fluctuation through the states and being able to be in awareness about which state that you're actually in. So the way I actually understand it for myself and the way I teach it is that in that monkey mind, that beta brainwave state, all you really need to do is have some awareness you know, you don't actually have to do anything in that state. Just notice what's coming in. Because as you're noticing it, then you can start to create some change with it or transform it or um, be in observance of it even so that you can really start to monitor and notice what your patterns are, right? And then the next brainwave state it down is the alpha state, which You've, you've probably seen all, a lot of stuff about supplements and um, all that kind of stuff, trying to get us into this alpha state, right, which is the mindfulness state. So dropping down the weight, brainwave state mm-hmm. a little bit more and slowing it down slightly. But that's really the flow state. Mm-hmm. And that's the mindfulness state, right? And so um, cultivating a practice of meditation, when I say meditation, it can be, yeah, it can be sitting down and closing your eyes and stilling the mind. Or it can be through yoga, which is the union of the mind and the body, and the, you know, using the breath to bring the mind down into the body. Or it can even be your favourite thing, like gardening, sailing, walking in nature, as you said, swimming, anything that involves getting out of that mm. monkey mind state of mind. And so, um, but without sort of medicating it, right? So medicating it with a series of TV dramas, um, or things like, uh, drinking, you know, that's a, that's a great one for self-medicating and trying to calm down that monkey mind, but actually it's then kicking in all the chemical process in the body around the parasympathetic nervous system, right? Sticking you back into flight mode and sticking you back into anxiety, um, because of the way that the chemicals actually get processed in the body. But I guess once you're in that alpha state, that's really that mindfulness state. So to me, it's being, doing, doing only one thing at once, right? That's how you create the flow state. That's how you feel like, oh, yeah, today's just on. It is the best day, you know? I've got so much done because you've slowed down. It's actually paying off for you to slow down. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the next state of being in the brainwave state is the theta state. And that theta state is actually where intuition kicks in. So you have to come down from the monkey mind to be able to allow and get quiet enough to hear, slowing that brainwave state down enough for you to be in theta to be able to receive. So that's why cultivating meditation practice initially for me, like I started my practice at three minutes. Mm-hmm. Went all the way up to 45 minutes, silent meditation. Then I'd did started to do some guided meditation and bits and pieces. And and now my practice is about 15 minutes in the morning. That's it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I can cultivate these other brainwave states throughout my day and purposely slow down my brainwave state enough to be able to have them be um, conducive for me and actually facilitate and assist me to receive. Right. So that theta brainwave state, is the inspired thought, is the intuition. It's where it kicks in and where you're able to hear it. And then the last brainwave state is really the delta. And the delta level of sleep, in sleep mostly, 
and it's three minutes is the maximum people usually get in a night if they get a good night's sleep, right? And it's the restorative state for the body. Mm-hmm. So that's actually where the body kicks in and restores the cells in the body, restores, repairs DNA, repairs muscular structure, all of that kind of stuff. But if you can start to, so that's why I teach yoga nidra because that is accessible in a 45 minute session mm-hmm. of yoga nidra, right? But if you can get quiet enough in the day, and that's why power naps can be really effective, but you need to be able to come in and go out of the brainwave states, which means you've got to master that monkey mind to be able to drop down through the layers yourself consciously enough. Um, So really it's being in awareness and observance is the first and last thing, right? Because it's circular, it's, it's cyclical. And if you... Um, I can only practice one thing, just be in awareness. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that you really need to be doing. And that's why um, I don't really get into a whole bunch of ritual and um, even physicality of stuff like altars and that sort of thing because to me it's all going on in here. And if I can actually slow that down enough, then I can access these other states of being and they help me to cultivate a life of um, awareness and a life of communion and a life of observation, you know, to actually then be able to experience what it is that I'm being called into. Um, and that's, I guess, where the presence, the presence stuff comes from. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, that is just so beautifully explained and, you know, and an easy, a very easy accessible tip to actually start to be is awareness. And it's always like it's just something new and it's that habit that you've, you know, got to keep for a certain time for it becoming um, integrated into you, into you, you automatically. But it's just that, you know, oh, yeah you know, like just checking yourself, isn't it? And just it, yeah. it's something that you can, you can cultivate and, and it is so easy, but it just takes again, that, that time and that effort, because a lot of people won't put that effort or emphasis on themselves. It's always, Oh no, I'll, I'll do that later. I'll focus on me later. Cause I'm doing all everything else. Especially when you're in a relationship or you have children, it's so easy to get out of, you know, looking after you and, focusing on your needs, especially with um, the most important thing. And I find too, like if you, like you said, if you do that stillness or that thing that brings you extreme um, calmness and in that, um, that really um, slowing down mind state is that you, the whole day just flows. Like yeah. if you give yourself that time, your whole day will just be so more flowing and more easeful and you don't react so much you you know you think about things a little bit more before letting this start your monkey mind to come in you know because when you're in that monkey mind you're reacting constantly aren't you and that's where that um you you overreact or the drama comes and all that kind of thing and if you're wanting to release that from your life it's really about then making this a consistent practice within your life isn't it yeah yeah, because the fight or flight's kicking in every time that you're in the monkey mind, right? Yeah. Your body is trying to save you. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether it's a red light or save the two tiger. It's the same physicality, chemical structure that's kicking in and the chain of events and chain of reaction that's happening. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's a few places that I'd 
I'd recommend people to look at cultivating awareness from. One is if you are driving in the car, like concentrate on the road and concentrate on what's going on in the car and around you, right? One of the prime examples of this was when I was in the midst of the middle of fatigue crisis number two, I was actually driving to work one morning and there were three lanes of traffic and I was, I was, the traffic lights were green, but it was a pedestrian only crossing. And what happened was there was a car in the right side of me, a truck next to him, and I was in the third lane. So there was a little, a guy on his go-go mobile who came out across the pedestrian crossing thinking that the traffic had a red light because everybody had stopped, but he couldn't see the third lane of traffic. Right. Mm. So I was going and I was going at about 60 Ks an hour. I don't even know how, but I can only say that it was synchronicity that stopped me from completely collecting the guy. Mm. And in the end, his little basket on his go-go-mobile hit the rear back of my car, oh, wow. right? Yeah. He was absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. He just kept going. And um, I guess the simplicity state of where he was for himself, right? Um, so he had some kind of mental state that he was in. But he kept going down the street and I stopped and I pulled over to make sure that he was okay. And he didn't communicate to me or didn't like nothing. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just kept on rolling past me on his go-go mobile. And as he went past me, the back of his seat, he had a sticker on it that said karma. <sighs> right. And this, this is kind of where it started for me because I started realizing that these little signs are actually everywhere Mm. and I can't even tell you how I got out of that without killing the guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And all I can really put it down to is the fact that that situation and how it played out in order to bring me back to a state of awareness was what I needed to get. So cultivating awareness in the car, being aware of what's going on around you, seeing what's happening, I even, um, I mean, a lot of people that I, a lot of my clients are very busy in life. You know, everybody's got a million hats and a few thousand different roles that they have to play. A lot of the times, mother, wife, um, teacher, friend, psychologist, you know, all these different hats they need to be playing in their families and communities. And what I say to them is cultivate your own spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit on top of a mountain and meditate for a day, nine days silently just to be able to be spiritual. Spirituality for me is actually the return to self. Mm -hmm. It's about knowing myself and knowing who I am and being able to cultivate that practice. My life is my practice. Yeah. It's not about going and locking myself away somewhere to be able to get quiet. So it's in the little things when I'm unpacking the dishwasher. When I'm making, if I was, you know, making sandwiches, these little moments are actually what cultivate the practice for me. And so being in those moments, I can hear what's going on when I'm in awareness and I'll just use a flagging system. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. You know, be curious about it. Ask the questions of, oh, brain, what do you mean by that? 
you know, like it's supposed, it's not serious. It's supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. But when you can start to see the signs and start to see, you know, I call it the signpost from the soul, right? When you start to see that this stuff goes on, man, it just gives life a whole other dimension, a whole other context to actually be able to live, to experience, to be guided. Like there's this such a beautiful master plan of potentiality that's available to everybody, but we get so busy being busy and mm-hmm. human doings, not human beings, mm-hmm. that we miss it and we miss the point, you know? So um, that first incident for me with karma actually really shifted and changed my entire perspective. And that's actually where I started my meditation practice from because I went to a bookshop the next day. I just happened to be there and it was a spiritualist bookshop and something guided me to the books, this particular section on the wall. And there was a book for, called from going from karma to Dharma mm-hmm. and Dharma is life flow, right? Mm-hmm. Karma is just about completion of trauma. Mm-hmm. That's all. And those are the boxes that you ticked on the way in before you incarnated. Like that's all karma is. It's nothing evil. It's just agreements so that you can experience something. And then after you complete those traumas and after you complete those experiences, you can just get on with living, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful. That, it's, it's such a, um, a beautiful journey that you've been on. Like, yes, like you said, there's been other stuff happening in that journey, but it still got you to this point and you're actually able to see that as you just experiencing things to help you to be where you are today. And I guess you know how you created your business and following your intuition, all that has, you know, everything you've done in your journeys got you to this point to, to trust yourself and your intuition and your guidance. So a question I would love to ask is with you building your business, did you follow steps or did you follow more intuition? Do you know what I mean? Like to, to get to where you are within your business. Yeah. Okay. It's a great question actually, Tammy, because a lot of people want to start something, Mm. but um, they don't have the experience or they don't, you know, they think that they then have to go out and buy all these different courses from all these different people. Mm. Um, The biggest thing I would say is number one, trust yourself. Mm. And number two, where if you're looking for somebody to work with, to actually learn off them, um, make sure that they are practicing what they're actually teaching you, mm-hmm. right? No matter what it is, if it's a coach, if it's a mentor, if it's a health practitioner, make sure that they're actually cultivating the practice for themselves. Mm-hmm. Cause if they're not, it's just bullshit, yeah. right? It's just plain BS. And I, I, I find it really difficult when people are out there saying, Oh, I do this and I do this and, you know, you can tell that the incongruency is there mm-hmm. because when you feel into it, like park the mind element for a moment and use the right brain to instead to listen, right? Intuitively listen, turn on your intuitive listening ears and you can feel that what they're saying, there's something in there that's not quite matching up, right? And so the biggest thing for me is if you don't have any business experience, find somebody that has done what you'd want to do in the extent that you want to do it. And if you don't know what that is yet, find out what the options are. Then you can make an informed 
decision. And that to me is the same whether you're talking healthcare, business, education. Find out what your options are first. Don't get stuck in research, but be conscious of what do you actually want to be experiencing out of this business thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's where I've kind of gone backwards to come forwards because when I started um, building the business, I actually started building another business completely. And that business is called We Being and it's a, it's a healthcare business ultimately that's starting to come back now after two years to get my attention again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more, so I started to build that and then I realised the way I was being in business was doing business. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't serving me anymore. So I went backwards to come forwards. So I had to go back, pull down the construct of what I thought it was to create a business and then I channeled the new way of being in business. And this way is really about sitting down, doing meditation and then writing a business plan from that place. Oh, right? Get quiet. Don't use the intellectual mind because the intellectual mind will be, it's based on lived, learned and inherited beliefs. Mm. Right? So it's driving based on things you've already experienced mm-hmm. or your ancestors have experienced. Right. So it's coming up with these solutions that it's like going to um, when your computer's got like you need to do a defrag and it's got files all over the shop. It's going to the closest file and it's going, oh, I've got a solution. Just use this one. Right. So if you can actually get quiet before you do something for your business, then you can actually feel whether that's really the right time for it, whether it's really the right, even the right expression of what it is. Or if you're just doing it for the sake of doing something or doing it because somebody else said that this is the way you be successful. Mm-hmm. Mm. So for me, I don't really teach people how to do business. I teach people how to be business, how to be in business and choose from create their own adventure. You know, like there's those storybooks where you got to choose your path and you ended up doing different things, but they all led you to the same place. It's like that. So choose your own adventure, but you need to, you need to understand what the options are to be able to do that. Um, so for me, uh, because I come from a corporate background and a strategy background, I understood you know, the full gamut of how to do business, how to be in business, but it was a new space for me to be in online business as well. Um, but the principles are the same whether you're online or offline. It's about connection. It's about people. So that's really what it became about for me. It became about cultivating relationships and about, I mean, a lot of people will tell you niche. In my opinion, you don't need to niche. You just need to understand what your unique value is. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people struggle because they listen to the monkey mind of you're not good enough. What are you to offer? who are you to do this? You need another certificate. You need another course. You need another whatever, um, which creates this perpetual cycle of trauma, mm-hmm. right? But if you can kind of come to a place where you can realise and recognise, if the way I teach it is put it on a timeline, mm-hmm. all the stuff you've ever done, right? So retrospectively, you can see patterns. Anybody can see patterns, right? But you'll start to notice there's certain things like there might be different roles you've had in your career or if you've been a stay-at-home mom, there'll be certain aspects of the things that you really enjoy in life 
It might be the actual cooking part, but you don't enjoy cooking the family dinner every night, right? But you enjoy making new recipes. Yeah. Uh So you can kind of start to map the elements that really speak to you. Mm -hmm. And these are your unique values. This is the value that you actually have to give to somebody else, which is why if two, say it's two kinesiologists, they both put their offers up. Just because they're both kinesiologists, they have completely different flavors, completely different unique value propositions of who they are because they're individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be even be talking about the same subject. Oh, I help kinesiology and money. But if you sit with it, as I said before, if you sit with it and you put on your intuitive listening ears, you can actually feel into the different flavors of the people mm. and you'll find one speaks to you over the other because we all attract a fragment of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's how the energy works, right? That's how, that's how DNA is formed in the first place. It's, a, it's photons, light coming together to form the fragments of molecules that form the DNA structure because they have a consciousness, right? Before they, even when they're light, even when they're energy, they have consciousness, a bio, bioenergetic consciousness. And so they know already the intention of what they're coming together to form. So allow that process to lead you in your business because that will lead you into having the experience that is in line and in alignment with your highest potential and possibility for your business Mm -hmm. and you basically have a choice in business you can chase best cash or you can chase chase best use or be pulled by best use is Mm -hmm. more the term right and a lot of people go for best cash because it's survival it's base chakra it's fight or flight i need the money for my family and if you dig beyond that initial thought there's more to it than that there is, why do you need the money for your family? Okay, well, I want the time and the freedom and the flexibility to spend with them. Okay, you're starting to move up the chakras then. I want to be able to love my family more. And as you move up the chakras, that's more your real reasons, right? So that's kind of, yeah, where, where, how I put my business together was to go back and channel it basically. Mm-hmm. And it created a whole different structure. And um, the way I bring things through is the easiest, quickest and uh, simplest methods for things. Cause that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for this time around, you know? Yes. And yeah. <laughs> every day it's repeated to me. The team are always like, ah, hang on, get the mind element out of the way. That's not the quickest and easiest way you're trying to create it there. Wow. So um, trust yourself. Yeah. You are your best mentor. You are your best healer. You are your best guru. Mm-hmm. And um, you actually don't need anything else from anybody else. But if you do feel that you do, then inform yourself about the options and choose the one that feels right for you. Because there's no point in doing something for the sake of doing it because everybody else is doing it. And that's how everybody else is being successful. And I think particularly being a pioneer, um, which is the role I seem to play. Yeah. I'm out there lighting the way for people and I'm out there um, understanding for myself and experiencing for myself how it's coming through to me. And then a lot of the times I'm translating that into adaptable systems that people just haven't had the words to be able to create the context around yet. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I liken it a bit to selling DVDs and CDs in the middle of the eighties. Cause a lot of the times people are like, huh, what are you even talking about? But then a few weeks later, they'll experience them for themselves. And they're like, ah, oh, this is what she was saying. Yeah. And there's the context that she was talking about it in, which gives them a sense of being able to land it, right? Ground it through the body, embody it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Does that answer the question? Does that oh, help? You were, everything you're saying, I'm just going, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, you, you resonate with uh, I, I'm connecting to you all neurons and <laughs> it's fantastic. What you're saying is just ridiculous. And what you're supporting too is that we all have everything within. If we're getting stuck in whatever way, I feel too the best way is not to go and get a program, is to get a mentor, to get someone who can help you with your own things, you know, um, to, to delve within rather than without. And no, I think because when we cultivate that wisdom and that confidence with wisdom within, like we are so much more, um, we have so much more clarity and conviction and motivation because it's all coming from us anyway. It's not going, well, you should go do this and this and this. And that's like why I like coaching, in a, especially with a good coach, because it's not coming from them. It's about drawing what's in you. And especially if you have the experience that they need to put that into something to you know move forward in, in their business, you've got such a great... Um, what is it like a great structure then you have that that support that guidance yet it's not telling you what to do it's helping you put your knowledge into a a way that works well for your business and you that resonates as well so that is divine divine yeah so with what you do your passion is to help people to see their full potentiality and um of their highest possibility how come this is your why is this your passion for people i think because a lot of people get so caught up in the doing yes. that they miss the point of what they could actually be experiencing, mm. right? And having lived that, I can tell you the complete difference in the way that my life is experienced and my spectrum of experience, emotion, feelings, everything has gone from being probably let's say half a dozen, so six core emotions and feelings and especially frustration that was driving me and my, my reality. Um, so there's really only two things that create your reality, right? Your beliefs and your choices, mm-hmm. your free will choice, right? Those beliefs, as I mentioned before, are lived, learned and inherited. Mm-hmm. So you can allow them to run you or you can choose not to. Your beliefs and your choice. So in that, I guess, um, making sure that the, that you really, that you really are coming from a place of understanding what you want, Mm -hmm. understanding, and I call it your unicorn life, right? Because you're your own leader. Mm -hmm. So lead your life. Yeah. Have, make the choices that are right for you. And sometimes that's really, really hard choices, but the spectrum of experience that I get to have now is and don't get me wrong this this bad days mm-hmm. still there is hashtag life right yeah. <laughs> and hashtag life lessons yeah I mean, just because you've you've been through it once but the power of awareness and observation allows you to experience it less extremely right because with observe, observation you can in awareness 
fitness, you can step back and be in the container rather than being the contents and be in the container and allow yourself to go, oh, hang on, perhaps there's another perspective I can see this from Mm -hmm. and move yourself around the perimeter of the container and change your potential experience because you've just changed your view. So you can stand there and be in observation from a different angle and perhaps see something. I'm not saying um, 180 degrees, but I'm saying, you know, just shuffle to the left a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, just perhaps is there something else in this that you're not quite seeing? Mm-hmm. And I like, to, I like to ask why or what's underneath the why, right? As a kid, constantly, Why? Why, why, why? Where are my parents out, right? But I kind of think, why would somebody react like that? And it's not then to create judgment, mm-hmm. but be in observation and have create some perception around it, right? So that's when I'll let the intuition kick back in and view the energy around the entire thing. I don't read energy of somebody specifically without permission. Mm-hmm. Um unless I'm doing collective work and in collective work, the permission comes from the higher self. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but if I'm in, I've had a, an argument, a situation, something go on with myself, I'll be like, Oh, hang on. What in that, what in that is actually under why they're behaving like this? Is there something else? Is there potential to have some other kind of consideration for me so that I can shift out of the normal trauma role of victim that I have loved to play in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, today the role of Leah will be played by Leah in trauma, you know, starring, starring guest appearance. Yeah. Um, but moving out of that role of victim and is there something else in there? It doesn't make every single scenario learning, learning, learning time, learning situation, but it helps you to cultivate awareness and to helps you to see that you aren't that person that that person is perceiving you to be because that's only their perception differing from opinion because opinion can can change judgment but through perception the only person who really knows what's going on with you is you mm-hmm. yeah right so i can never really fully understand what's going on with the other person in that argument. But I can ask myself why, why would be the reasons that they might be behaving like this? Mm -hmm. And if I can take that moment, I don't have to get down there in the trauma cycle with them. I can just be like, oh, okay. You know, perhaps there's some stuff here. Look, I'll apologize for anything that may have triggered something for you. And sorry, but yeah, I'm just going to be over here. So when you're ready to talk about it again, because, you know, it's important to complete it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and make sure people feel as though they're not just left. Um, I'm in this by myself because, again, more triggering stuff, right? Trauma, trauma, trauma. That's, that's, that's the tick boxes creating those experiences. Mm-hmm. So the more that we can kind of step back from it and perhaps see that there might be some other potentiality, and so eventually you work into a space of understanding there is a highest potentiality. It's infinite. It's the same as the universe. It's the same as the cosmos, right? It's infinite. 
it's continually growing, growing, it's continually expanding. So when I align my own vibration then, my own energy and where I sit as um, a lot of people talk about natural weight when it comes to weight loss, right? So they'll fluctuate, they'll go up, they'll go down, but eventually they always come back to the same natural weight, right? Works the same way with vibration, right? But as you cultivate that as a daily practice, so if you clear your energy field, if you're projecting love, unconditional love, uh, if you're tapping into source through clean energy in a way that feels, yeah, it just feels right to you, then you can lift your vibration. Other things as well help like um, eating well, exercise in a very physical sense, um, avoiding environmental pollutants, mm -hmm. things like this, right? Um, but overall then as you lift your vibration, you're able to see things from a perspective that and it's not about higher levels. Mm -hmm. right? It's not, nobody's better than anybody else. Um, nobody's more enlightened than anybody else. It just is merely a way for you to experience the higher vibration of the emotions that are available in the top end of the spectrum, because those lower vibration emotions, fear, guilt, grief, um, sadness, depression, they all sit down the bottom in terms of experience and they're far quicker to trigger a trauma cycle. But as you go up the vibrations and live more into awareness, you're triggering a lot more joy, happiness, freedom, love, unconditional love, peace. Um, and then that shifts and changes your experience. It changes your reality. So a lot of the times um, in my life, people have said, oh, you're so lucky. And there's really been two things that's kind of... Um, I see around luck. One is uh, it used to be for me working hard, mm -hmm. right, which was a belief. And it held me in trauma working hard for many, many years, 14 years, my entire corporate career, right, to prove something to myself, to others, to society, whatever. Um, but when I actually started to step back and look at it, it wasn't beneficial for me. And so luck became my ability to lift my vibration and pull to me or have me be pulled mm -hmm. to the opportunity. And when I'm working into my highest potential, it just means that I'm working into my highest vibration possible mm -hmm. in that moment, right? My natural vibration. And that recalibrates. Uh. So it just pulls like... Stuff you couldn't even dream of. Uh -huh. I went to a breakfast meeting the other week and um, next thing I know, I had three people saying to me, I want you to be involved in this particular project. And like these projects are something that I was always like, with my mental um, cerebral mind, with my intellectual mind, I was like, yeah, there's no way that I could ever get involved in something like that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, here's these people going, ooh, have this opportunity. And I'm like, <laughs> all I had to do was shift my vibration. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. 
Amazing. And fully, I fully understand exactly what you're saying. And it's a choice that we have. It's a choice that we start with. And I could totally keep going and talking for another hour about this because you are so divine to talk to. I could just listen to you all day. But we, we do have a, a, a time limit on us. So what can you explain to the people who are watching, what, what are your services and how can they find you and anything else you want to share? Yeah, the best place to find out what's happening is either via my Facebook site, which is Leah Kearns Mentor, or my website, which is leahkearns.com. Um, I put up there the latest things that I'm doing. There's one-to-one work, as we said. There's small group programs that go on. If you have an interest particularly about something or you'd like some more information, then just reach out and get in touch. At, um, you can use the email address, hi at leahkearns.com. Um, and just let me know if something is of interest to you because I'm constantly in creation of materials of wisdom that I am either channeling or I have learnt myself and it's now knowledge that I'm creating into things to, to help others, you know. So um, podcast books, programs, they're all in the works. There's some already out there. Um, and it's just a matter of letting me know what you're interested in because that way I can actually... I can help you, you know, don't ever feel like you're alone. Reach out, get in touch. And if it's not me, then I can put you in touch with somebody who can help you, who might be better suited to where you're at right now. Perfect. Wow. Thank you so much. And Leah, it has been an absolute pleasure um, chatting to you and talking about your whys and even just, you know, talking about some awesome things that I get to take away from today as well. You've been so enlightening for me. I know you're saying we're all enlightened, but you're just taking me to another level (laughs) of enlightenment. So I really appreciate you taking the time today and spending it with me and just, you know, allowing the space to be whatever it needs to be for people who connect with you and I um, in this conversation. So thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again one day. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks for having me. No, no. Ah. Ah, so much love talk to you soon bye